Welcome to Journal Talk, a weekly podcast about journal writing for passion, clarity, and purpose. Passion. Reignite that passion for the things and people you care about most. Clarity. Discover who you are and what you really want. Purpose. Get to the heart of life's issues to remember your divine purpose. And now, here's your host of Journal Talk, Nathan Oren. The more that I work with journal writing and helping other people to get started or to keep started with a habit of expressive writing and how it can affect so many different areas of life, the more I realize that the real magic and the real power comes from the ability for people to tell their stories. And today we're going to talk about the power of telling our stories And I have Stephen Van Viet from Ottawa, Canada, is here to to do this with us. He is a storyteller. So for episode 62 of Journal Talk, I would like for us to spend just a moment or these next next 45 minutes talking about ways that we connect to ourselves and connect to one another, connect to culture and art and history, connecting our lives through story. We are story-based creatures. We love hearing stories and we need stories. And we, the stories that we tell ourselves define not only who we are, but our relationships and, and where our power comes from and where our influence comes from. It's a beautiful conversation I had with Stephen. Now we meander through all kinds of topics. Uh, so have fun. We talk about business storytelling and how employees and business owners can help clients uh, relate to the story of their company and shape corporate culture through stories. I learned a little bit about the uh, barbershop quartet and uh, the distinction between reading a story and telling a story. I thought that was very interesting. And we talk a little bit about some famous storytellers, Garrison Keillor and Stuart McLean. I learned a lot about the World Storytelling Day, a concert, a whole day of telling stories. And I want to attend that next year. We also talk about the stories of anxiety and depression and spend a little time just acknowledging that journal writing is a tool for for those as well. And boy, we just jump in and out of all kinds of journaling challenges and and tips and just a bunch of fun. I'm sure you're going to enjoy. Stephen Van Viet is like my number one fan. He's taken just about every, I think he has taken every course, every journal challenge that I have offered in these past three years that I've been online. Great guy, a lot of fun, very uh, talented. Please enjoy this conversation with Stephen Van Viet. And with me now in the Journal Talk International Studios is Stephen Van Viet from Canada. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. How about yourself? Very, very good. Good, good. Thank you for being here. And uh, what? Uh, tell me again, what part of Canada you're from? It's such a large, cold country. I never. I get all those cities mixed up. <laughs> I am from uh, Ontario, and uh, I'm a Kitchener, Waterloo, which is about an hour and a half uh, west of Toronto. Okay, all right. I know Toronto. Mm-hmm. Beautiful city and very close to the falls, Niagara Falls. 
Yes, my in-laws are actually from the falls. Yes, yeah, love it. Great. Well, thanks for being here, and I'm just uh, we've got so much to talk about. I want to start by just asking you to introduce yourself a little bit in the in the framework of what is it like to be a storyteller, and what does a storyteller have? What do they do? How do they how do they walk around on the world? <laughs> sure. Um, well, we walk around the world just like everybody else, but. Um... <laughs> generally gathering in, in, in things called guilds. I have uh, been storytelling. And by that, I mean, I'm, I've joined a, an organization called the Storytelling Guild, Baden Guild of Storytellers. Uh-huh. And we get together on a monthly basis and we work on stories to tell and we, and we tell stories. Once a month, there is a, an open storytelling night, kind of like an open mic night at a comedy club or something like that. Although sure, sure. This is all for stories. We also really work on telling stories in other places as well. I've told at museums and uh, other public regional and and town events Mm. for different charities. And a lot of the stories that I tell are fables or either historical stories or fairy tales and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. There's a, there's a big movement right now for personal stories, which is great for journaling. Yeah. I haven't moved out to moving a lot of my or developing a lot of my journal stories, stories in my journals into uh, performance material quite yet. Okay. But, well, maybe, maybe we can start a little debut thing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can have you pick one out. That's interesting. Uh, just to go back a moment, I could really see the value of, you know, I've thought about storytelling in, in a lot of different ways, but I didn't think of it in the way you said about the museums. And I could see where that would be very helpful because, you know, the docent who walks you around and and points out what things are and, you know, I'm thinking anything from an art gallery to a, you know, the anthropological museum or the, the, the museum of history, you know, yeah. the museum of natural history. Yeah. And I could see how the story would draw you in a lot more than just hearing the draw the dry facts about this is a painting by Monet and this is the year and this is the this and this and yeah. and notice the colors and notice you know like but if you had a story that you started each one of these you know exhibits with wow you know it it could really pull the drama out of you know what was be what was the maybe the inspiration or the motive for this piece or this sculpture or this whatever it is. And wow, that would really pull people a lot closer to art and history rather than feeling like it's something on the fringe. It does bring things to life, Nathan. Absolutely. Especially in historical situations where there are stories attached to, to people or the buildings or, or the history. It, it makes it more real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, there's even a big movement right now that I enjoy is, is business storytelling. And you don't often think of, of storytelling, you know, gee, storytelling in business. You know, you don't want to hit, hit a boardroom in a meeting and say, once upon a time, <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't go over very well. But the, one of the places I worked in the past was a travel insurance company. And I'm an IT guy during the day. And I worked for years on these programs on, you know, here's, here's how to the claims are processed and there was an air ambulance system to, you know, here's how they fly patients out. But none of that, it was all just code and all screens for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until I, I sat down one day with one of the nurses who, who works at, I worked at the company. And she told me about an actual story of, of someone, you know, a real human being 
who had flown over to Eastern Asia, who had become ill. And she told me how the story of how they were able to get this person out of, of East Asia, isolated in an, uh, in an air ambulance and back to Canada, back to health. And it was amazing because it brought what I did day to day quite, quite a lot, right? It wasn't just screens and, and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. code anymore. It was actually, you know, there's a human being who's going to be on the, on the far end of this, of this code that I'm making. Wow. So it, it really brought things forward yeah. for me to do. Yeah. You get to sort of see the impact of your day to day desk job That's right. out, out in the world. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Great. So what is a business storyteller how do they, what do they do? You, you go, <laughs> I, I, I'm imagining this troupe of um, <laughs> storytellers uh, going up an elevator, you know, door to door saying, hey. <laughs> on call. I get a phone call on my cell phone saying, hurry, we need a storyteller. We need a storyteller to help we us. We need a storyteller to call. No, largely right now, they're, they're all consultants who come in and, and help people or help businesses um, develop their stories because it helps uh, just like I, that last I story, it, it helps yeah. people relate to, it, it helps the employees relate to the business. It helps them form, you know, some sort of frame of reference for the clients of the business to, mm-hmm. to understand what's the story uh, of your business. I gotcha. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So it's, so they help. So I can relate to this in the sense that my, that my company that I work eight to five, I'm, I'm also not directly in IT, but I work with a, a computer software system, too. <laughs> That's funny. We have something else in common. <laughs> the president and owner of the company will come every year and do a presentation on kind of how the year went, year in review. And he has lots of stories, and he um, weaves them together. The current stories, what's going on, you know, how much did we sell and how you know, what our impact is. But then he also goes back in time and talks about, you know, those days 30 years ago when the company was just getting started and how so-and-so who's still with the company did this and did that. And it sort of creates a, a mindset, a culture for especially the employees who just came on board, you know, to to realize, wow, there's a rich and deep history here. It, it makes them feel a little connected and proud to be with this company. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how many times have you seen on a in a company where they have a mission statement and a whole bunch of their not goals, but they're all these different values, right? Values. Yeah, yeah. Listed, and it's an amazing thing because I know a lot of business storytellers are brought in to help people with their or help businesses with their vision. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, one of the things is well, if if you know one of my values is integrity. Well, really, if your if your value if you value integrity, that's great. It's great to have it up on the wall, but really. Tell me a story of, of how integrity has shown itself in your uh, in your organization. Mm-hmm. Don't don't just don't just say, hey, integrity is you know we are big on on integrity. Again, it looks good on a wall, but if you really want to to embody it and get people to buy into it, you need an example of it. Yeah, yeah, very good, excellent. And the connection I just between storytelling and journal writing and we'll get into all kinds of good things but just right off the bat i mean having a place to write down the ideas and the thoughts and the you know kind of creating the blank canvas if you will of these stories you know probably starts just jotting things down absolutely your journals are, are great places for for stories personal stories for sure because what is a journal but in many ways a 
you know, this great big personal story, you know, this right, is, right. At, at its basis level, you know, this is what I did on my summer vacation. Here's what, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that's what you want to build as a story, but that's, it's, it's what you, that's the seed of what you could grow into, into mm-hmm. a story mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. further on. Look at all of the journal writers now are you, that, that we're hearing about that are writing memoirs. Well, yourself and your Nano, uh, mm-hmm. NaNoWriMo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. I know it's a novel, but I know that it was based a lot on your life. And I'm sure a lot of that experience was taken from your journal. Absolutely. Yes. M. Shin Hernandez just finished a book on uh, for her 40 years. Yep. Breaking and the silence. That's right. Again, I bet you that great, some great stories in there all taken. No, I won't say all taken, largely taken from her journal. Yes. Yeah. And she uh, quotes her journal many times in the book. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So, how did you get to be this uh, storyteller? What did what were the uh, stepping stones to that led you here? I was led to storytelling through my work or through my, through my play as being a barbershopper. I was singing with a barbershop uh, chorus. There was it's still four four part harmony, but a group of more more like a choir, but it's singing barbershop style. Wow! Wow! Oh, it's amazing! Tell you, I tell you. Sounds absolutely wonderful. I That's love those story. sounds. Yes, I love those <laughs> sounds. Yeah, and that that were, that was sort of the inspiration for the journal talk theme. By the way, was having that sort of natural human quality sound. You know, free from ha- you know instruments and things like that. Just the natural voice. I love that. It's acapella, a wonderful sound. Acapella, absolutely. Yeah. And we were singing at a time we were we were performing, and we had learned a hymn actually. The hymn was called It Is Well With My Soul. Mm. And beautiful song. I'm not I'm not religious too much in any way, but if you want harmony and you want some great uplifting music, uh, the gospel stuff is absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. And so we were singing this inspirational song, It Is Well With My Soul. And on one of the performances, the president of the, the barbershop chorus came out uh, up to a mic and was explaining the story behind this hymn to the audience that we were performing to. Mm, mm-hmm. And the story behind the, the, the hymn was just so remarkable and so moving. It, I, I, I just found that I had to find a way and find a place where I could tell this story and sing this, this hymn and pass the message along because it was, it's just an absolutely wonderful, heartbreaking story mm-hmm. uh, behind that hymn. And so I, I started finding stories and storytellers, you know, as I, it's one of those things where, you know, if you buy a new car, you don't see it when you, when, you know, when you first think about the, the car, but as soon as you get it, you see them everywhere. <laughs> it, it, it was similar. Just the storytelling pieces started falling together. I, um, there's a storyteller in Canada uh, his name is Stuart McLean. He has a show on public radio called The Vinyl Cafe. Okay. It's it's very, very much uh, in the vein of Garrison Keillor and the Prairie Home Companion. Ah, okay. I love Garrison Keillor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I started listening to him and getting and and really hearing his stories. Now, he he reads his stories. I will, I will put a caveat out there right now <laughs> that with the storytellers and the guilds that, that we associate with, we are absolutely storytellers. We are not story readers. Um, ah, I didn't. You, I wouldn't think that that would be a major uh, point of contention. <laughs> no, I, like with the open storytelling night that, that we have. Um, no notes. Uh, basis, huh? 
you cannot bring notes up. No, because and there's a lot of good reasons for that, I think, um, because reading is, is reading and you're maybe reading a story. But it, even when you when you read it, it's coming across as being read. Uh, Whereas with telling you want to be kind of free of the paper, you want to be able to to involve yourself and include yourself. I think a lot of times in the story itself. And even if you're telling, you know, stories that have been told over and over, the more you tell a story and the more that you step away from somebody else's notes or, you know, anything that's specifically written down, the more life you can put in the story and the more that you can have, you know, your presentation of the story, which, you know, I think if you don't do something like that, you're denying the audience what what you have, it, that the heart behind you and what about that story really strikes you mm-hmm. in the heart. Mm-hmm. Sort of, yeah. There's a slight impromptuness of, of it, the, uh, you know, getting into the person's head and and sharing very, much more raw emotions. So I would imagine even memorizing is not uh, not really great either. Some some loose memorization, knowing where the story's going, but I would imagine just being in it, being in the moment. Depending on the story you're telling, absolutely. Yeah. If you're if you're recounting something that like a short story that you that you've read like by a favorite author, mm-hmm. you absolutely want to memorize it. You don't want to mess with somebody's written work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tell it as as verbatim as you can, still adding as much as you can with expression, tone of voice, and mm-hmm. and again mm-hmm. bringing your own passion to the story. But you need to keep it as close to the to the source as you can. I see. I see. Wow. Wow. Tell us about the World Storytelling Day concert. Yes. World Storytelling Day uh, is an event that happens every year, March 20th. It is, it is celebrated every year uh, around the world. The concert itself, uh, in 2012 and 2013, I was involved, uh, heavily involved in organizing the, the World Storytelling event for our guild, the Baden Guild of Storytellers, the concert that was held in those two years. I haven't helped it this year. I've been too busy. but And it's getting storytellers together for a specific performance. Uh, we had a in – the, in the last two years, we've had – we've done a, a formal performance at a, at a museum in town, the Waterloo Reg- Regional Museum. And we invite people to come. Uh, it's a paid event where, you you know, the storytellers have crafted – uh, storytellers in the guild mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, have crafted stories specifically. Every year, there's a different theme. Last year, last year was dragons, I believe. Wow, this year, yeah. this year is wishes. So yeah, the the concert allows the the storytellers to to work on us on a story that is specific to the theme. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, World Storytelling Day itself isn't just restricted to going to performances. It's you know on March twentieth, go out, tell a story. Tell a joke, tell tell an anecdote to anybody, anybody, you know, someone standing in line at the grocery store or, <laughs> or, or you know, co-workers. Just, yeah, yeah. It, it's a day to, to share a story. Okay, all right. I'll remember that. It's great. <laughs> tell us, Stephen, when you first started journaling. I first started journaling, oh, it was in the late 80s, I think, about 20, 25, 26 years ago. Wow, yeah, wow, just like me so long ago. Yep, and it's it's funny because I I say it was all started uh, because of a girl. Oh, um, <laughs> caught my heart. Aww. But, but <laughs> my first words in in my very first volume, my journal volume, were were uh, it was a gratitude journal, just um, thanking the the powers that be for bringing this this beautiful 
uh, girl into my life and, and, and the relationship that we were having at the time back, you know, young love in, in the teens. I had actually, you know, been, I, I, writ, I wrote fiction forever for, you know, since I was grade five, grade four. Wow. And I got, a, I got away from that. Uh, in my later years, but writing just still had this, you know, was was still stuck to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I found that I, I needed I needed this writing, whether I was writing fiction or not, to to as a way to express myself. Yes. And so I found a great place for that in journal writing. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when you bump into it that way. You know, you you're writing about one thing and then it leads to another and it becomes this secret hideaway where you can totally be yourself and then it becomes your friend and then you want to tell it more stuff because it's your <laughs> friend and then you want to keep it alive. And then you wanna, it's, That's like, right. it's, it's like you create this. Yeah. I would just, this, this very sacred special thing that uh, becomes a part of you, like, like your arm. I have to tell you, Nathan, it was really funny because in 2012, was a was a very emotional year for me. I went through a bunch of stuff that I'm not going to cover here. But what it came out of is I wrote more pages, more journaling than I'd ever done. So come come January 2013, I said, you know what, I I've I've written so much, I'm going to give up my journal. I'm not going to journal in 2013. Mm-hmm. And the funny part is the way I, it, it sticks to you because I have this this book that somebody gave me called called a Walls Notebook. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard would, of it. No, well, what it is 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 I, I guess it's a kind of like an art journal. Uh, I wouldn't have called it that at the time, but it's it's all it's just filled with photographs of walls, oh. you know, blank, blank walls, building walls, you know, just all, like a hundred pages worth of walls. Wow! And you get to graffiti, <laughs> and you get to graffiti the walls. <laughs> and so I committed to myself to not journal right uh, in 2013, <laughs> but I thought, well, I have this, I have this walls journal. So why don't I, you know, I, I draw in stick figures. I don't draw very well, but, but I found different ways of, of kind of recounting my day or, or, you know, having little symbols about my day, uh, writing on, on the wall, graffitiing on the walls in my walls journal. I love it. I love it. I'm gonna have to get a copy of that from <laughs> Amazon or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That well, sounds fun. Especially if you're going to take a little break, you know, and you, I would imagine that you put a little bit more time in expressing a thought or two and not having to just because how much can you write on a wall? You know, you're not going to put a whole paragraph or. No, that's right. I tried to keep it artistic, right? You don't want it. You don't want it to be just line after line after like you're writing in a journal. You, yeah, I, it, you put. It, yeah, it's, you're right. It is kind of like an art journal because yeah, it encourages you to be uh, more thoughtful and art poetic, poetic maybe. Yeah. Well, and Gretchen Rubin has a uh, Gretchen Rubin is the author of the Happiness Project book. Ah, uh, yes, I've heard of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great little book. But something that she has as a companion is a one sentence journal. So again, my mind was thinking, well, I'm taking the year off journaling, but you know, if I get this book, it's only one sentence a day, <laughs> and and so it's like an yeah. addict who's trying to yeah, exactly. Read <laughs> Journal writing intervention. No, no. Uh, so yeah, again, I, I was writing one sentence, so I was I was considering it really not formal journal writing. And again, you become very selective with with what you want to recount. So it was a good exercise. 
but by by March and April, I I, I threw up my hands and said, "Okay, give me a get me a notebook, get me a real notebook." Mm-hmm. I want to get myself into it. So <laughs> that's about when we met, I think, 2013, somewhere in there. Uh, that very well could be. Yeah, yeah, I think that's when that's when <laughs> we first started tweeting each other, and and then. I loved having you in uh, some of my journaling courses. Thank you so much for all that you added to the to the group. That was fun. Those were fun. I I uh, I need to get those um, those uh, worldwide journaling conference calls back uh, back again. Those were so fun. They were very fun, and yeah. I love the fact that you get a bunch of different personalities, and they all have something different to to offer. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm constantly going back to the passion, clarity, and purpose material that that you provided just to to to, you know it's again it's kind of one of those things that i just keep kind of going back to and poking every now and then Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah good good i'm glad to hear that so steven tell us you mentioned is it Stuart mclean Stuart mclean yeah Stuart mclean why is barry manilow on your list of role models (laughs) why is barry manilow on well it (laughs) <laughs> I yeah, like him laugh. too. I yeah. like him too. So you laugh, but boy, Mary McCarthy and I are gonna gonna, gonna gang up on you. <laughs> okay. you, you. You leave Barry alone. <laughs> I I do like several of his songs, and you know when I, we were taking, did we do her, a Mary's course together? We probably did. Also, she has she oh, she uses the lyrics. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. she uses the lyrics of Barry Manilow's song to kick off a few of her courses as well. All the time. It's a wonderful yeah. song. All yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. No, uh, you know what? He, he's been a big influence on my life for a very long time. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Music has always been a big part of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, he, his was the very first concert I ever went to. Oh, wow. But from a, a role model, he like, people debate all the time as to whether how well Barry can sing. I, I think I, I like his voice. I enjoy it. But... The one thing, if you ever see him live or you ever you, you ever hear him live, and he has several live albums, is he is really a consummate performer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yes. he, he, he knows how to get an audience involved. He knows how to, to, to he, a lot of charisma to, to, to interact with the audience. Yes. And as much as I, I didn't really come into to speaking easily, I was a pretty shy kid. Whenever I was called onto it, I would always kind of channel my inner Barry Manlow and and be able to to try to interact as much as I can and get, uh, really get a rapport with the audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He also something I really admire. I, I read his biography, and it should he had or I don't what he had. I don't know if he still has, but he had such a focus, such a a purpose in his life that music came before everything. So anytime he had to make a decision in his life. He always had music to kind of well, you know, that that is what helped directed him. If, if it would help further his music, then you know what, wow. you know what decision to make. Wow, wow, yeah. And I, I certainly don't have that kind of focus as much as as I do have a lot of passions. You know, I really admire that. I wish I had some of that. It, it's a bittersweet pill because you know I'm sure there are a lot of things that 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 he may have have not explored uh, in his mm-hmm. life that mm-hmm. because. Because he chose music over different things in his life, but yeah, yeah, I do yeah. admire the idea of of having something to to focus and say, "Hey, you know what? This is what's going to drive me on on my decisions." It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if it's something that feeds you back, 
you know, like you're pouring yes. yourself into it and you're learning and growing and developing your skill. But it sounds like music for Barry Manilow is a lot like what writing is for me. That's I, mm-hmm. I actually get fed from it. So it, it informs me and, and keeps me on my, keeps me on my path. Uh, so I can kind of relate. I'm sure, I'm sure music is that way for a lot of people. Cause it's one of the, it's again, it's uh you know, it reaches the emotions. It's got words attached. You know, it's it's all words are powerful. They are very words much are so. so powerful. Tell us a story about yourself, Stephen, using words that uh, something that you've learned about yourself. Something that I've learned about myself. Yeah. You know what? I have learned that I am stronger than I think, hmm. or stronger than I ever knew before. As I mentioned, 2012 was a was a a hectic year. It, it was brought to my attention that I, I turned 40 in, in 2012. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there were times that's a funny, that. that's a very funny response. When somebody tells me congratulations on my age, I'm going to say, I didn't have anything to do with it. Really? <laughs> 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 I survived. I, I just had to. I just had to exist. That's all I had to do. But there were, yeah, there were times then, and even since then, I, um, you know, I, 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 I fight with with depression and anxiety, and mm. and you know, there there are times that you get kicked and or you kick yourself, and but really, someone somebody had said that to me in 2012. You're stronger than you think, mm. and and it is so true, and that I've gotten myself through some. Really, compared to to a lot of things that people experience, they're nothing. But for me, they were they were big things, and and you, to come through them and go, hey, yeah, hey, here I still am, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm still kicking. I thought that was such a such a wise thing, you know. Oh, you're stronger than you think, and I I carried that around with me for a while until I found out. Well, not not until I found out. I still carry it around with me, but apparently, it's a Winnie the Pooh quote. <laughs> oh wow, wow, yeah, that's the. <laughs> Yeah. But it's still very true. You can yes. Be than you no, think. he he has very beautiful, charming, simple truisms, right? <laughs> yeah, you're you're stronger than you think. I like that. Yeah. And I think actually the journal journal helps you for that because you know no matter what you're going through, you you write down and go through whatever it is that you're you're going through life. And, yeah. And it's there to help you through it. Yeah. Can we talk about this for just a minute? Because uh, sure. the depression and anxiety, those those are topics, especially the depression, it's not easy to talk about. And the world we live in, at least, you know, in the Western world, I, I, I'm not sure if this is like this everywhere, but people want you happy. And there's yes. this obligation to be happy. And while I do understand that, you know, being a happier person is, uh, you know, contributing, you know, productivity to the world and you're, you're helping other people. And, and overall, yes, we want to stay. If we had to pick a side to stay on, we would stay on the positive side <laughs> if we if we if we had a choice. But sometimes and I, I there are times, especially around the holidays, that I sink uh, a little bit and. This is something it's not always easy to talk about. It's not even easy to formulate the words for it. And other people really, I, I'm finding, don't really understand it if they've never experienced it. And the I've wanted to do a, a journal talk episode. Just maybe, maybe we could come back and do this. Just talking about what are some strategies of, uh, in the journal for depression 
and, yeah, and, and holding yourself and, and being able to just be with yourself and hold yourself and, you know, not try to cheer yourself up because that just makes it worse. What, what's been your experience and what, uh, what, what helped you through that? Uh, a lot of different things. Uh, family were a big thing and understanding it, it, uh, it is something that, you know, it, it took me a long time to tell my reader family. I, I mean, obviously my wife and was, was aware of what was going on, mm-hmm. but it, it did take me a long time to kind of come to my, to my parents and my sister, and my brother and say, Hey, guess what? You know? And it, the funny part is, is once I told them, they, you know, they weren't, they were concerned for me, but it wasn't there. You know, there's never a worry that you know, they were, they were judging me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or uh, I say they were just more concerned that, that I was doing okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's um, great. It, it is. It, the funny part or an interesting, interesting part is I really thought, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a stigma over depression. We need to speak out about it. There was a, a day in, I think it was the end of January where the Twitterverse just exploded with, it was called bell. Let's talk day sponsored by a corporate sponsor bell. Not always my favorite way of going around things, but, <laughs> but they were donating, you know, five cents for it, for every tweet and every, Oh, I uh, remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, I really thought, you know, here we are, here we are talking about it and here we are trying to get it out in the open. But when it came to, to me, uh, I, uh, oh, I, I should have looked it up, but I was okay with everybody else having, having problems. And I was okay with me saying I was, uh, uh dealing with depression, but there were times where I was alone by myself where I, I felt really, you know, that I, that I that I should be over this and I should be able to tackle this and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. That, that it wasn't a, a good thing to have. So it was interesting to say that, you know, publicly I kind of say, yeah, it's all good. We know we need to rally behind it. It's something we need awareness about, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are, there, there are times where, where even myself, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm doubting. And, and they say, yeah, you need to talk about it. Yeah. It's tough yeah. to talk about it. It's tough to approach people, but <laughs> there are more people out there, I think dealing with, with, Mental illnesses of all sorts, but anxiety, I know, and and depression are big ones. Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That once you start talking about it, I really think that that it's a you'll know, be amazed at the conversation that starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what in journal writing has helped? Being being able to to be dark in my journal, mm-hmm. and being able to feel everything that you that, that you feel when you're having those those dark days, mm-hmm. um, or those dark times where where things are, you're, you're having trouble um, being positive. Rereading my journal has really helped me out in that, like the current exercise or challenge that was made, the looking back, looking forward. Yes. Being able to look back and, and reread your journals because rereading your journals when you're feeling good, but also rereading your journals when you're feeling bad. Um, mm-hmm. in, in your darkest times, it doesn't feel like, necessarily that there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel, but reading back on, on the, the different journals, uh, the different journal entries when you've been fighting it or I've been fighting it, there's always this ember of goodness. Mm. I, I may, I, I may be as angry or as upset, but there's always, there's always seems to be a glimmer of hope, this kind of ember of goodness that again, you don't always see it when it's there, but eventually it comes along and it, and, it, and I find revisiting a lot of that really helps get me through and knowing mm-hmm. that, Hey, you know what? I've been here before I can get through it or I got through it. Then now I can get through it this time. Yeah. 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 
Very good. Yeah, that looking back, looking forward was powerful for me too. I I I don't reread my journals very often, and going back and and doing that was really eye opening for me as well. And you think you know the story, you know, so it's almost like, yeah, well, I know that story. I read, I wrote it. <laughs> Why do I need to go back and go back and read it? But it's interesting, you know, getting that new perspective, and sometimes you're reading the words for the first time, it feels like. And, oh, yeah. um, and it's, wow, wow, what a way to say this. And, you know, harvesting some of those gems, really helpful. Yeah, thanks, I forgot. Yeah, you were, you were in the, you've done just about everything I've offered, Stephen. <laughs> I think you've done every class I've offered. Uh, thank no, you, have- you're, you're my number one customer. <laughs> you're number one fan. <laughs> you, you are president of the Right for Life fan club. Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a break for just a moment. And when we come back, I want to hear about Madman with the Journal. And uh, you'll tell us about that. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Let's listen to this quick interlude on Journal Talk. You're listening to Journal Talk, a podcast featuring techniques, inspiration, and expert interviews for journal writing. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach Nathan directly through email at nathan at easyjournaling.com. If you have a question for our Journal Talk Q&A session, please leave a voice message on the Journal Talk listener hotline at 1-805-751-6280. We'll send you a thank you gift if we feature your question on an episode of Journal Talk Q&A. Thanks for sharing your voice. And now, back to more Journal Talk. All right, coming back. I'm here with Stephen Van Viet from Ontario, Canada. And uh, you can slightly hear the accent in his voice. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's also that deep resin. I could, I would love to hear some of your barbershop, Stephen. You've got the barbershop, that deep resonant tone, the good quality. And, and I'm sure it, uh, your voice does well with, uh, with stories as well. Welcome back to Journal Talk. Thank you very much. So, yeah, I, I'm a bass uh, and I love it. I love it. I've, I've played bass guitar, bass trombone, and I when I when I sing, I'm bass there too. Wow! So. Wow! Love the rumbling. Love yeah, the rumbling. yeah. It's it's very deep, and I, I took band in, in high school. I didn't do much with it, but after that, but I remember the larger um, instruments and the larger and the deeper notes. They held, you know, they held the rest of the band together. You yeah. know, percussion kept us on track, but but it was the deeper the tuba, you know, that kept us all in, yes. <laughs> held us there. <laughs> kept you in check, you can yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just to step back a little bit, you had talked about some of your favorite things, singing and storytelling, writing, and I love all these things. And I'm, I'm always curious, you know, when somebody has these kinds of passions, especially when they revolve around the words, you know, singing, storytelling, writing, all these things, the power of word is so, you know, present in your life. What do you use? I'm just curious what your favorite instruments are. That's just, I, it seems a trivial question, but for somebody who is relating to themselves and their lives through words, I just have to know what, how do you record them? How do I record? Yeah, what uh, what are your what are your favorite journal keeping instruments? Oh yes, uh, I, there's a lot of prompts I I go back to that I really enjoy using. There's one that I use at the end of every journal notebook that I have, 
Oh yes. I, I, I reserved the last page of every of every notebook, and I read across the top of the page the last page of the story. Ooh. And <laughs> yeah, it's just a way that I find to kind of wrap up the the, the notebook that I I've, I've just completed. Uh huh. See what I can off the really off the top of my head. I don't do rereading at that time, but off the top of my head, well, what, what have been the stories? What have been uh, what have been the the arcs that have, have carried me through this this mm, notebook? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, what are the where are the points that I think I can learn from? Again, this is not I, I, I gain more when I when I do the rereading. This is just okay. I'm at the end of the journal here, mm-hmm, and then. Mm-hmm. And then I also try to try to set a tone or set a, a an idea as to how the next volume itself is going to play out. Ah, not, okay. Not, not, not play out. I don't. So I certainly don't plan my journal as to well, I need to do this and I need to do that. But I, I think about think well, looking back, looking back, looking ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I'm is, getting that that it's sort of <laughs> yeah. You you use that last chapter or last page as a transition point. Right. And it's just a way to yeah, kind of wrap up. The, the books that, that I'm finishing and, and move on to the next and, and, and set the time or set the tone for the next one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was always very, I always like to end the year with at the end of a, a notebook. I try to do that too. It doesn't work hardly ever. When I started to do that, that's where this came in. Cause I was a lot of times I was depending on, on what volume I was using, what notebook I was using. Uh-huh. It, I, I might be summing up a year. Like some of the j- journal books I have are 388 pages, and and uh, I'm, you know, so it might actually last me uh, close to a year. Mm-hmm. Very uh, nice. I, I have changed my mind a little bit on that, Nathan, <laughs> because in 2010, I found myself with a 388-page journal, uh-huh. and I was I was deciding that I wanted to end the year at the end of of this journal book. Yes. And on this, uh, it was a week before New Year's. Yes. It was, and I still had 200 and something pages yes. to go. <laughs> and, I've and, been in both. I've done, I've done both where I, I, okay, all right, I better pace myself. I, I don't want to go too fast here. I, the, you know, this December is coming and I want to leave, you know, I don't want to finish this up too quickly because then I'll start the next journal in the middle of December and uh, it's, there's no way I'm going to be able to fill another one before the year. I, I've done both ways where I've had told myself to slow down and other times when I've told myself I need to speed up. Yeah. Well, it's like my, my <laughs> wife, my uh, wife, Sherry was perfect. Uh, we, we spent Christmas at her parents' place and, uh, and then she sent me home for the week between Christmas and New Year's. She and my daughter stayed at my in-laws and for four days straight, eight hour days, I worked on, I call it the journal marathon because I just, I, I worked for four days straight doing nothing but journal writing. Wow. And, and, and wow. I promise as, as great as an experience in a way as it was, it, it was excruciating. And, and I promised myself I would never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no wonder why the time you got to 2013, your life had enough. I'm writing on walls. Forget this. Forget this noise. Well, it's, uh, however, I, I encourage people to try that at least once. And the reason I say that is, is I don't know if you've gotten to the point, Nathan, where you've been writing in a, an entry and you get to a point where it's like, I don't know what else to think. So what else to write? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I want to I want to hit a certain point, either page number or uh, time limit. 
So, you know, well, I don't know what to say. And you, you continue writing on that. I would hit that about every two hours wow. when I was doing that. And you were, it really forces you to come up with material. And I had, I had uh, Sheila Bender's book on poetry, uh, writing personal poetry, mm-hmm. some wonderful exercises, uh, even for journal, that are useful in journal writing in there. I had Christina Baldwin's life's companion. I had mm-hmm. S- mm-hmm. stacks of, of source books for quotes and, and, and prompts. And it, it really pushed me to bring out some really interesting uh, material. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Provided you have the time and understanding of family members. Yes, yeah. Mind hiding away for a few days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time since I've got to that place because I don't, I don't think I journal enough. Uh, I don't journal as much. The, the volume of journal writing that I do is not as much as I used to. And I, I would love to do that again. I'd love to run into that place where I just dry up. I, yeah, it's been a while since I've felt that. When people tell me they don't know what to write, I can't relate to that anymore. I, I used to relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, there's I'm always, there's always stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess if I went back doing, yeah, like an hour a day, a 10-hour marathon. A 10-hour marathon. Wow, that's great. So you use primarily notebook and pen. Even though you did the 30-day digital journaling challenge, it didn't stick for you, huh? The electronic stuff? It did and it didn't. I, I wrote a crazy amount in electronically uh, during the, well, actually during all of last year, but especially during that time frame mm-hmm. and up to the end of uh, the end of December. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I'm still on the fence about it. And it's, well, it's all about finding a tool that you like. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time writing using 750words.com. I liked it in that it, it, forced me or it encouraged me to get Mm -hmm. 750 words a day out so i was getting a certain amount of writing done yes i'm i'm still on the fence as whether that's a good thing or a bad thing yeah (laughs) um it it is a good thing again you you, you, there were several times where i ended up uh, setting a a limit for myself or a goal for myself to do a thousand words a day Mm. wow and and you do hit a point where you're like okay i'm running into things to say but i still have to keep going yeah yeah. so it pushes you that that way, but uh, I think, like you said, it kind of locks it up, locks your writing up. I I was able to download a text version and I printed out a PDF for every day that I wrote. That's nice, good, good. Yeah, it, the one thing I did like about 750 words that I haven't found in another tool is the simplicity. Mm-hmm, I know that mm-hmm. that that there are a lot of electronic or digital journal writers out there, people who, who use that who love the, the, the topics or, or keywords or you know, ways of, of organizing your journal entries. Yeah, sort of hashtags and categories and tagging and all that. Right. I've, I've never – that just doesn't appeal to me. Yes, I like going back and rereading my, my entries, but I rarely think about, well, let me see you know, all the journal – all the journals uh, – all the entries that I had writing about my daughter or my dog or, or you know, <laughs> certain feelings that I had. No, <laughs> you know – emotions that i went through or you know i could tags you don't well yeah you know, yeah here are the days where i was writing about depression or something or i was or i was feeling really down and out but i've never had that i don't know whether it's organization or i just you know it, it has no appeal to me to, to be able to categorize um, i try i keep categories but you're right it's rare that i then go back and do a search 
I, I use it more as a keyword search when I'm looking for a particular entry because sometimes I'll go back and add things to an entry, which you can do in an electronic journal so much easier than, than a paper one. You go back and add a, oh yeah, I have that other thing I want to say about this situation. And it was like, Two weeks ago, when I wrote this really great entry about this whole thing and explained my whole meaning of life, you know, <laughs> I want to go back to that one. But well, other- I don't know how uh, Mary McCarthy would feel about knowing this, so sh- don't tell her, okay? Okay, shh. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, some of the challenges. There's, uh, only, the- there's only 100 downloads a day here on this oh. podcast, so shh. Yeah, don't tell she, anybody. She'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, some of the challenges, the 30-day challenges, the 27-day challenges, and the, I think I did the – there's a 27-day challenge and, a, and the weight yes. uh, control challenge. Uh-huh. I actually used LifeJournal Online, and I created a specific journal type as a, you know, a, a, challenge, you know, a Mary McCarthy challenge, and I would, I, I would write in there. Now, a lot of the times, I would get started, and I'd have a journal entry or created for every day uh-huh, with, uh-huh. With, the, with the prompt for the day. And it was really kind of half and half. I'd, I'd, I'd write digitally inside my, um, you know, digitally <laughs> to say, here's here's working on this exercise. Otherwise, you know, I'd go into my uh, hand, my, hand, yeah, my handwritten. Uh, like at least from a challenge perspective, like that, it really does help to say, okay, well, you know, if I want to go back and revisit my my thirty day challenge or twenty seven day challenge, here's where here's a place where I can yeah go. yeah you're organized yeah you're yeah, yeah you can come back to it that way yeah now I do have a I do have a very you know detailed system of uh, in the upper right hand corner of my pages of handwritten pages if I uh, <laughs> when I was doing passion clarity and purpose I would I would put a little PCP up the top of <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. who knows who knows what people are reading in my journal in future years and think about <laughs> what was he doing <laughs> <laughs> Journals entries are really psychedelic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or I'd have a you know a twenty seven D, and I, I did a, a journaling course with um, Clary DeBoer. Wonder, wonderful. Uh, if oh you ever yes. Uh-huh. To take one of her courses. Do so. Uh, Very good. And so I would put that in in the upper hand corner. The, the the one that really hits me or strikes me is I have one that I use for epiphany kind of entries, like those entries where you kind of go, oh, wow, some things fell into place. And I think, I think I'm going to have to come back to this because I'm, I'm going to learn something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, a circle with, you know, two circles in, inside or, or whatever. Someone, someone told me that it was, someone told me it was actually off of a, a New Country album <laughs> cover uh-huh. <laughs> that, that it symbolizes uh, journeys. Or the beginning, the beginning of a journey. I thought, well, this is somewhere where I've learned something, so ah, it makes okay. sense to put that symbol there. So I, it's a quick and easy. I can zip through my. It's a like a Venn diagram, two circles that are overlapping. No, uh, it's a. I don't know how to explain it, but it's it, it's one circle, and then at the north, south, okay. east, west points, there are smaller circles. Okay. And then inside of inside of those circles, there's another circle. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And really, it's just a simple. It's a simple symbol to make, and uh, it's one that I can flip through my journal and go, "Oh yeah, there's there's there's, there's a, an entry. There's I want to pay The journey is starting there. Okay. That's right. Wow. That's right. Wow. Very good. Well, these are all great little tips, prompts, things that people can be mindful about. I was going to ask you what your favorite prompt. You've already told us about the last page of the story. Do you have any others you would uh, want to share? And then I want to hear about Madman. 
Oh yes, but I have I have two favorite. Well, I'm gonna have to say two. I have to decide. No, <laughs> I know. There's um a prompt I use often. It's a list prompt. Lists. Uh, I, I love lists. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's called Look Closer. Mm. And at the top of the page, I, I just write the words Look Closer. And then kind of bullet point list underneath it are, are things to look closer at. And it's it's not specific. It's just a matter of whatever kind of strikes me at the time as to what you know, what things I want to look closer at. Uh, you know, yeah, 2014, look closer at the lessons 2014 has taught me. Mm. And, and so there's a bunch of different bullet points. And then when you're done that, reread it. And I, I, I reread it and pick one of the look closer items, one of the list items, and spend some journal time looking closer at it. Like, ah, ah, okay. Said, well, look closer at the lessons of 2014 and then... You know, theoretically, I'd go back and start looking at Pick that. Pick one, yeah, and that then one and then unpackage it a little bit. That's right. Yeah, wow, that reminds me of that's that's a technique that Ira Progoff used oh, in okay. his workshops. Uh, he he would start off with making asking people to list out their stepping stones in life. And then you pick one of those stepping stones, and then you you do further work with it. That's that's really great. I like that. So you just make a list, uh, a look closer list. Yeah, and it could be about anything. And then you got how? How long do you normally go? Do you fill a page? Do you go for five minutes, ten minutes? I usually fill a page. Yeah, I usually start fill, on top fill of one a page, page with and, the list. That's right. Nice. I, I I would like. I think I should try doing the the list of one hundred. That uh, is it. But no, no, no. Who is it? Kathleen um, Adams. Yeah, Kathleen Adams. Thank you. Has because it, it's easy at the uh, well. It's not always easy to get to the bottom of the page and they'll look closer, but. On the days when it is easier, it's like, well, come on, let's let's do that little push and see what. You, you never know what can come out. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lists of a hundred are great because it really forces you just to keep on going. And uh, after you get through that initial sort of knee jerk automatic reaction to things, then there's all kinds of interesting flavors that show up. And one rule I love about the list of a hundred is you're allowed to repeat. So don't feel like yes. you, you know, you can't, you don't No, no use going back through the first 35 and making sure that, you know, did I write this somewhere? Or was this? Because that just wastes time, you know, just right. keep listing, just keep listing. And if, if you think that it might not be there, then you, you're free to put it on the page again and later you'll figure it all out. Yeah. And like I mentioned to you, kind of hidden stories and that's, that, that's it, right? You, 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 it's the things that pop out when you've, either push yourself further or the things that that pop out that you weren't paying attention to or that you didn't you weren't aware of of these these stories or these snippets as you were writing them but you look back and go oh wait this might be important oh look (laughs) i mentioned this this might be important yeah 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 very good excellent lots of great stuff you know the journal talk listeners they love to do things so uh (laughs) this is uh lots to do here thank you for sharing all this Tell us, tell us what your big project is coming up. You've got a, you've got a project on the, on the horizon here. I'm working on, on something right now. It's, it's going to start off with a, with, with a, a website, a blog uh, called Madman with a Journal. <laughs> and that, that comes from two places. Uh, obviously, the part of it is, um, it, it has been my work with the anxiety and depression over the years and mm-hmm. thinking that I, I am, I am truly a madman with a journal, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But I'm also a big fan of the of the UK uh, or the British um, science fiction show Doctor Who. 
Oh, uh huh. <laughs> and so, Doctor Who, for those who don't know, it's a it's a British television show, science fiction show, where there's an alien named the Doctor. He travels through time and space, all over the place. You know, future, yep. past, all over the universe. Yep. In his time, in his time machine, time and space machine, TARDIS, and the TARDIS is is disguised, as you will, as a 1960s police box from London. It's it's a little bit bigger than a than a telephone booth for those of you old enough to remember what a telephone booth is. <laughs> what does Superman use now? Anyway, sorry. That's the parallel that came along is is his his time machine, the time and relative dimension in space TARDIS, is can travel anywhere in time and space. Well, you know what? Journals, journals are kind of like that too. They can travel into the past, into the future. You can go in technically anywhere in the universe, wherever you decide you, you want can, to write. And you can build an entirely new universe. Exactly. And the TARDIS is well known as that it's, it's disguised as this, as this police box, but the inside it is huge. So it's bigger on the inside. Oh, uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. what is bigger on the inside than a journal? Yes. It's, it's this, this notebook and yes, it has a bunch of ink inside or, you know, bits and bytes uh, from a computer perspective, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's the stories and the emotions and, and, and the life of, of the writer that is so much bigger than the outside of this this yeah, journal book that yeah, we use, than the pages that we use to put it on, yeah, right. Yeah, so I, yeah. it was it was a neat comparison for a show that I really liked. I love it. And, and there's a there's a, a point in the in the show, I think it was in 2011, where they said, I, I, "I'm a, the doctor said I'm a madman with a box." <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm just kind of a madman with a journal. And there's a, a, another. In that same season, he's he, he is stripped of his his, his TARDIS. His TARDIS is stolen. He says, "I'm a madman with a box, without a box," <laughs> which is exactly how I feel if I find myself somewhere and I've left my journal behind. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm a madman with a journal, without a journal. Oh, it's 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 a crazy feeling. You know, give me a napkin. I have to write with a with a bag pen or or, or right. one of this terrible ballpoint thing that they give out. Uh, different you know yeah. um, shows and, and, and events you know <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i'm very particular i, I use a, a fountain pen or i, I um, oh wow I have a, yeah and, and pilot makes these wonderful high-tech yes. high-tech point v5 i think is what I, I i usually use but uh a friend of mine a really good friend who is also a journal writer got me a, a fountain pen and i i love it so long as i can find uh, a notebook that can take the the moist ink and not bleed through too much mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The, the fountain pen just puts me in a, in a great mood for writing. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I've found my my favorites too. It's funny that you mentioned pilot. It is. A, I think it is also a pilot, but it's not a fountain. Yep. It's a. It's a. It is a gel. It's a gel point. I love them. Yeah. They glide. They make they it glide. easy. They make it easy. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Well, I would like to share. Stephen has offered this amazing, you know, I, I ask what would be a, a nice little treat for the Journal Talk listeners. And Stephen came up with something wild and fun. And I can't wait. Uh, I'll let you share it. Uh, tell, tell us what your, what your Journal Talk exclusive offer is. It's, I am offering up a recording of a story that I tell, a recording of telling a story. And it's called Untold Stories. <laughs> I, 
you 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 laugh but what uh it, it's actually not from my personal life i should i should find one also to to, to include but it, it's actually a story about what happens to people or what can happen to to people if they don't tell their stories ah okay what is it maya angelou said there's no greater burden than having a story untold wow okay and and so there, there are some stories in this story that boy you you better make sure you tell your stories whether it's to a journal or to a friend or just crazy conversation wherever you know mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. They, we're all full of stories and they need to be told. Wow, 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 great. So you are you've made a recording of this like on the MP3 of yes. you, the Stephen the Stephen Van Vute, uh, <laughs> telling this story in your deep baritone barbershop voice. And it's all about telling stories, which is perfect for the International Storytelling Day. Exactly. Great. Well, how do we how do we find you and how do we take advantage of this great offer contact me through my email address madman with a journal at bell.net okay like ringing a bell okay uh, dot net i am say i am looking to put up the uh, madman with a journal site i'll make sure to include the link on the on the blog post for it Stephen, because that that's great so send Stephen an email Madman with the journal at bell.net and mention in the email, of course, that you heard him on Journal Talk and awesome. you'd love his story, Untold Stories. <laughs> and yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. That's great. And we look forward to your website and more stories. And I hope I, I want to come to a speaking uh, event with you sometime. I would love to, whether whether either of us are actually speaking or not, I would love <laughs> to go to one of these storytelling uh, events because they just sound so wonderful and life-giving. I could, I just, life-affirming, I think is the word, right? You yes, just, yes. just get a good sense of life. And that's how, you know, Garrison Keillor in all of his modesty and simplicity, I always feel so refreshed listening to, you know, a Prairie Home Companion, especially the, the stories from Lake Wobegon. They just, yep. they just fill me with some kind of peace. I don't know why. <laughs> They're so silly and so simple. <laughs> yep. it, yeah. If you like that, look up, look up Vinyl Cafe with Stuart McLean. Okay, uh, he, I will. He does have a podcast too. But, okay, yeah. all right. So, I, will, so. I will add him to my, to my uh, podcast catcher. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like the Journal Talk audience to consider before we say goodbye, Stephen? Just think about stories. Think about the stories in your life. And and we're all storytellers. As much as not all of us get up in front of an audience and and tell our stories and not all of us have that opportunity or even that desire, talk and and tell your stories whenever they may be or wherever you find them because uh, we need stories. And, and I think it, you know, we're a story species, story-based species. And I think mm, uh, mm. keep telling stories, folks. Very good. There will very good. always be people, myself included, willing to listen. <laughs> very good. Thank you so so much. This has been uh, a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Yes, and we'll stay in touch. Sounds good. All right. This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for Life a web resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journal writing. Find us online at www.writeforlife.us.
spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number four, L-I-F-E dot U-S. Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk. Da, da, da.